Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Oh, shit. Oh, God. I'm scared to say happy fucking happy hour because, oh, my God, I have so much respect for... Oh, God, it's Christine fucking Lottie. Oh, my God. Okay. Calm down, Sam. Calm down. Don't swear. Don't swear. Don't swear. Don't swear. Okay. Oscars, Emmys. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Stephanie? (laughs) Really not doing so great. Oh, my God. You're for Klimt. Well, she's been watching the news, too. Yeah, well, that'll do it. I don't even know what to do first. Should we talk shit about Donald Trump being president? Let's because, break the ice with oh that. Oh, my God. Let's because, break the ice there. Oh, my, oh my God. Oh, I mean, <laughs> this is why the happy hour, because how do you get through Trump without drinking and swearing? Well, here's the thing. When he leaves, which I think is imminent yes. in my yes. dreams anyway. From your yes. mouth to God's ears. Yes. Oh. Um, we're not going to have, like, at least two or three times a day, we have to run to the to our Twitter or to wherever we get our news feed, right? Because we have to find out what crazy fucking thing he's just done. So it is a kind of an addiction. What just happened? That was her news alert. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's a trigger for her. All right. Right? right. Aren't we going to have PTSD for like years, even if he's gone tomorrow? Aren't we going to... But are we addicted to the adrenaline of it? Uh, the kind of uh, the uh, I don't know the circus of it. The I know. spectacle. It's so I don't know. There's something kind of uh, that is. Uh, you're right. You're like there. Rudy Giuliani. What? Oh my God! What's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a junkie. My boyfriend comes home from work and he's like, "Have you been on the couch all day watching MSNBC?" Yes. Yes, yes. I have. Yeah. Yes. It's riveting. Yes. So if you have a boring life and you have no life, it's suddenly you have a life. Yeah, or you get paid to do it like I do for her. Okay, there you go. Can I just? <laughs> okay, can I just? Can I just enumerate the number of reasons that I am nervous right now? Because okay, not only do I have so much respect for you, because I. You're crying. Okay, I'm gonna cry a little bit. It's happy hour, not Stephanie. Only happy, not crying hour. Multiple Oscar Emmy 
Okay, I, it's just it's too much. She won an Oscar for her very first film, Lieberman in Love. It's directing. very intimidating. Yes, directing. I understand. <laughs> but uh, I, I, it, listen, is this a thing, Lesbians in Love with Dr. Kate Austin from Chicago Hope? Because I was so in love with you. That's so nice. Have you heard that before? Mm, I haven't really heard really? that. But oh, I have okay. heard that, no, a lot of women were... No, they thought of her either as a total bitch or as the ultimate role model. Right. Right. Nothing me in both. between. Me both and my and my lover. <laughs> Plus lover. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I know you're straight. Let me just say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight. 35 no. years of a marriage. I'm pretty straight. Yes. But yes. I love that you loved Kate Austin. I Everyone do. loved Dr. Kate Austin. I always felt like you could fix my heart no matter what. Here's one bullet I dodged with you is you were booked on my late night TV uh, talk show in 1995 and we had uh, decided to bring out a game of Operation to have you remove the heart because we thought that would be funny like aha you hit the funny bone and I thank God that didn't happen because it wasn't funny <laughs> the show got canceled right? really quick oh the right? show got canceled <laughs> it got canceled before you came on is that what happened because I do remember we had some kind of something in <laughs> yes, the past that yes. we were, I was, well I met you through our mutual friend Rob Reiner right. but I remember when I saw you at the front I was like oh my god it's Dr. Kate Austin from Chicago Hope oh god and then I tried to you know just pull my shit together before I met you because I mean we all have a right your boyfriend loses his shit he over cries every time he watches Running on Empty I, I swing shift you, you, actually tw- I, you actually followed him on Twitter for a little while and he was so excited about this I did it was like yeah, yeah, I think he commented on it, but he works in like the industry and all that stuff too. Right. So, but he he commented on it, and you started following him. And he, when I told him you were coming to do the show, he was like, "I wonder if she still follows me." I don't know. No, um, you don't I, anymore. I don't oh, sorry. Okay, you're intimidating. Let's just get over. This. And to me, you're you're also Grace McAllister from Jack and Bobby. So that's my favorite show. Raising okay. the best and the best future president ever. That's right. Yes, that's which right. is so so eerily similar to what's happening now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry to use a movie that you're not in, but this is our usual anthem of what's ha- what what is happening from Poltergeist because this isn't this every morning when you wake up. It's <laughs> so true. <laughs> yes, I know. But Jack and Bobby only lasted one season. I know it was heartbreaking. It was yeah. such a good show. Yeah, and it was like for me being like a little political nerd. Yes, and like a gay guy, so I watched everything on CW or WB at the time. I guess it was right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was just an awesome, awesome show. And you were like the strong mom. Well, strong, but really flawed. But 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 you were raising your kids right and you were doing the best you could. Right. And that's what made it so it was just such a good show. And Okay, can we just get our can we get our fucking nerding out over? Yeah, sorry. Just the beginning because I know. We're all doing this. I know. Okay. Just okay. Let's just, because you know what? This is not fucking actor studio, Christine Lottie. Listen, let's just. We are all really intimidated. Uh, Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress for Swing Shift. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Won an Oscar for the first first directing uh, debut at uh, Lieberman in Love. Um, I, you know, Justice for All, Al Pacino, Housekeeping, Running on Empty, uh, Leaving Normal. I. Oh, Emmys for uh, and Golden Globes for Chicago Hope and have I covered it? Yes, you've covered my entire. <laughs> Done the resume. resume. Oh, God, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I'm so exhausted. <laughs> but so I, I, I've also just been intimidated by you. Is this 
amazing activist and feminist and uh, that's where we connect with yes, the political nerdness yes right? but the, there's no nerdness in, in to me in being an activist feminist it's it's life it's passion it's it's essential right right we have to but th- okay can i just say travis you can 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 confirm i've never read anyone's fucking book okay your book <laughs> It's true. He doesn't read the book. No. I don't have time with these fucking news cycles, Christine. You understand who's fucking president? I don't have time. I haven't even finished Fire and Fury, let alone Comey's book or Hillary's book. Do you understand? I... This is a fucking fantastic book. True Stories from an Unreliable Witness, a Feminist Coming of Age by Christine Lottie. Thank you. Okay. That means a lot to me that you read it. And you also... Dog-eared it oh, and, no. and highlighted oh, it. And, oh, no. Yeah. I got shit going on, video wow. cast subscribers. <laughs> wow. I got some shit. We'll get to this. some shit going on. I'm impressed. <laughs> Let's talk about... Okay. But I, it's a, I, I don't even understand. Like, from a lifelong fierce feminist and political activist, what, what has, has happened? What Donald Trump... <laughs> How did this happen? And what is, how do you process it every day? Okay, so here are the gifts that Donald Trump being in office has given us. He has given, I think, women, finally, um, the necessity to speak up and the necessity to be believed and in the insistence to be believed. And I think having a self-proclaimed uh, predator sexual predator in the office uh, of uh, a presidency has given women a kind of immediate no times fucking up right times fucking yeah it's 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 (laughs) i gotta drop an f-bomb yeah christine lottie dropped an f-bomb well i do she has an oscar and an emmy and a golden i'm sorry go ahead i do that yeah sorry in the book, there's... I know, a I know. I'm going to get to it. Oh, my God. Those are the parts I dog-eared. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> the fucking parts. I apologize. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I think that... Uh, I also think there's, there's been an activism among among young people that is um, just remarkable and thrilling. And that's also, I think, because... Partly because we have such a, a an asshole. Fucking the, asshole. Yeah. Dick smack. Orange yeah. Like the, the kids Cheeto, in Parkland. I Cheeto mean. dick right? motherfucker. Di- I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Travis. Yes. You tweeted a lot about the kids because they are inspiring all of us. I went to the march in D.C. Yeah. because uh, I'm like, I have to be there with these kids. These kids were remarkable and they were smart enough to know they must be intersectional and they must embrace all, all young people who are affected by gun violence. In the middle of, of Chicago and downtown L.A., ever, everywhere there is gun violence and not just white schools, right? They need, they well, knew. Intersectional is such an important word right now because it's it like they've tried to separate stuff and that's how you get everyone together is like you see where there is these common things that we're all dealing with. Divide and conquer. So we know as feminists that it's, we are now intersectional feminists. Yes. And we know that yeah. that is our focus. It has to be. We have to shift the focus to what that experience is of being but, a person of color, a woman of color. But is yeah, it part of- you, I mean... You say in your tweets, as an old gal who's been speaking out since the 60s, I couldn't agree more about with these Parkwind kids. And let me just say, however old you are, you are hot, Dr. Kate Austin. (laughs) (laughs) Is it awkward yet? Okay. (laughs) We have our wine. It's not awkward. Never awkward. No, it's not awkward. I know your husband, Tommy Slami, brilliant director, whatever, happily married, however many years, three kids. My point is, 
Um, no, here's my point. A fart sound? What? A what? What? Stephanie. No, I just no. That's... I'm fi- I'm so happy that she's lovely. Avoid that button on your box. That's why you're single. Exactly. But no, but I, we have all been inspired by this new generation of yes. like Parkland kids. How old are your kids? You have three. Yeah, 29, 24, and 24. Okay. But I think there's, there's something similar between what happened during the Vietnam War days and the draft and what's happening to these kids. Suddenly it's life and death, right? When there was the lottery of the draft in 70 right. something, whatever it was, right. our brothers were about to go, you know, get shot up and killed, potentially, yeah. mm-hmm. in a war that was immoral and, and yeah. not okay with any of us. So suddenly there was an activism that was essential. And I think these kids, obviously, it's life and death. They're being shot up. So it, yeah. it, it is essential that they change these laws. And that's what's so thrilling about this new kind of activism. And there's a similarity. I yeah, think. no, it, it totally, it, yeah. it, it, it's a different war, but different they're war. being shot at. Right. Yeah. And Republican yeah. candidates now include... Uh, couple of neo-Nazis, a Klan member, a pedophile, and now a uh, guy that pointed a rifle at a teenager the in, governor his, of Georgia. Right. in his ad. Okay. That's right. nice. Okay. So, and I'm, oh, a murderer, the guy in... Uh, the, West Virginia, the, who's running for Senate. Who went to prison because all the minor, miners. miners died. In it. Okay. Oh, so, okay. Good. Okay. But, Christine, you also tweet about something I talk about all the time, is every single one of these shootings... Misogyny is an element. Oh, Domestic yeah. violence, whatever. And you say the violent misogyny of incel, misogynist extremism killed 10 people in Toronto this week. And I say this every time. It's an element in almost every one of these mass shootings. Correct. If you tr- go back to every one of these serial white men killers, mm-hmm. they um, are also domestic abusers and, and beat up their wives or girlfriends right. or significant yeah. others. Yeah. Right. So that's a commonality. But that's something that is just inherent. And this incel thing is really, really frightening. So this, so for those who yeah. don't know... it's Men it's that this, can't get fucked and so they want to go kill all women. Yeah. So right. they're... they're um, what does incel stand for? Uh, celibate. Um, in, celibate in, by... Not, by, not choice. by choice. Involuntary celibacy. Thank you. So they have this group apparently online and they bond together and I just wish that boys were encouraged more to have friendships so they wouldn't feel so lonely and they have, a, they have something in common. They hate women. They feel deprived of sex and they feel it's their rightful due to have it and that women, pretty women especially, are, this is my understanding. Obligated to it. Are obligated to give them sex. So, um, you know, I, I have empathy and I want to try to understand these boys because I'm sure they were bullied yeah. Right. And so there's the pedagogy of the mm-hmm. oppressed. So those who are bullied will bully. That is a human kind of. Sure. Right. Yeah. If you're so. oppressed, you're going to want to try to find someone who's even more vulnerable than you and bully them. So maybe yeah. they were bullied by girls growing up and maybe they feel. Or they were ignored by girls. Either one. Yeah. They feel it. They, they, were, they resent it in some way, shape or form. Yes. They feel rejected and, and they're loners. And I just wish that boys were encouraged more, to, again, to have friendships with other men so that they don't feel they have to. Bond together uh, through hate and through yeah. through this kind of well, violence. I also feel like there's like this. Is love going to trump hate? Like, what do you? I mean, I know you tweet a lot about. I mean, obviously, we have a mutual friend, Rob Reiner. Uh, yeah, you said Trump treason, impeach uh, Trump, Michael Cohen, the end stage of the Trump presidency. I mean, do you feel like we're hopefully at the end of this misogynistic, racist, horrible, hateful nightmare? Ah. Uh. 
I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I do think that by the midterms, I mean, we're going to grab them by the midterms, as they you say. You said that if you take a dime from the NRA, we're going to grab you by the midterms. Yeah. Look at you, you saucy little minx. <laughs> you saucy little Twitter minx. But really, I mean, we're we're going to vote you all out, all yeah. you NRA supporters, all you misogynists, all you... Yeah. <clears throat> we have to. And, and it really is about showing up at the voting booth, right? Mm-hmm. So all those young kids have got to show up this time. Yeah. Everybody. Women. Well, it really is a matter of life or death. Like, they're literally getting shot to death. I mean, yeah. you and yes. I didn't grow up with active no, we shooter did. drills. No, but we did have the, the draft. So not your generation, my no. generation. We had You're the draft. a little older than I am, although you look incredibly It was my generation that got lazy because nothing, nothing ha- I grew up in the 80s. We didn't have right. that craziness happening. Yeah. Yeah. We um, dodged a bullet, for lack of a better word. Yes. Uh, yes, it literally. Um, all right, I, where do I start? Here's your book is uh, brilliant in the same way you are as an actress because it's so sort of uh, just raw and authentic and hard to explain why you're so fucking brilliant. <laughs> I mean, because we all have something that we, you know, whether it's Chicago Hope or Swing Shift or Running on Empty or. Uh, Right, or I, it's so funny. Somebody, when we said Christine's coming on, they sent me a clip from uh, Injustice for All you're, with Al Pacino, and I just was like, oh, holy shit, like that was your first big role and you were already brilliant and that chemistry was already amazing. And you talk about in your book, like a lot of, that you went on to have an affair with him after that. Yes. But I love that you said, like, not during it. No, <laughs> no, 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 never. In fact, it was like the day after we wrapped. I think we... <laughs> You're like, let's do this. That's enormous <laughs> restraint. Good job. Yeah. Nicely done, ma'am. Nicely done. Nicely done. Thank you. I'm very proud of that. Professional. Yes. <laughs> okay, hold on. Travis, uh, Dr. Kate Austin needs some more Chardonnay. You know, wine, good for your heart and your circulation. You already know that. Yes. Listen, in the meantime, if you are hiring, there is no... You, we need to hire a bartender for happy hour, right? Bartender, photographer. Thank you. Uh, hiring, uh, every business needs great people and a better way to find them. ZipRecruiter is how you do it. Uh, ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way. They built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. Uh, ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for. They identify people with all the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. How, how polite is that? It invites them and then they can, we can invite them to happy hour right? with us. They, they have revolutionized how you find your next hire. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. It spotlights your strongest applicants so you never miss a great match. The right candidates, they're out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. They don't even ask you. They're not rude enough to say to you, are you an old lady that works in a basement and drinks? That They don't care. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. I said free, Travis. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Stephanie. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Stephanie. One more time. ZipRecruiter.com slash Stephanie. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now, Christine. Okay. I don't know where to start with what fascinates me about you most. But uh, first of all, we are the same person if I were uh, was really successful and had a lot of awards and didn't live in my basement and was not a childless loser. We would be almost the same person. Let me tell you why. That's a stretch. Listen. <laughs> You're going to cry again, aren't you? <laughs> I feel you. No, I showed her the picture of my mom yeah. upstairs because you were, I heard you talking about how a lot of people, you know, women and girls especially cried when they read your chapter about mm-hmm. your mom and said, I wish I'd been nicer to my mom. My mom is a 95-year-old Trump voting Republican who... Uh, 
she was, you know, my dad was Barry Goldwater's running mate in 64. So she was the quintessential political wife. And your chapter, the smile of her about your mom, about how women of that era, that's what they did. They put on pretty lipstick and they smiled. And it is so, can I just say, can I have some story time music? Because I love... Do we have similar experience, except that you are a penis worshiper? Let me read this. <laughs> I watched her whole body deflate when I came out to her as a feminist. Oh, honey, does this mean you're a lesbian? What? No, Mom. Well, you seem to take... You don't seem to take pride in your appearance as you used to, and I can't help but notice you're not shaving your legs. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's my mom, except the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> I, it does mean that you're a lesbian. That's where the stories I diverge. Like yes. Bush, mom, yeah. and not George. Either yeah. of them. So was your um, mom accepting of, of your coming out? Or when yes, did you come out? when I finally did. And you know what, Christy, like the interesting thing is I relate so much to your chapter that I came from this. You know, you your dad was, which was fantastic, was a surgeon. Dr. Kate Austin's dad yeah. was a surgeon. Am I too obsessed with that? A Chicago home? Maybe. A little bit. Her mom was a nurse. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. My dad's one piece of advice to me because he was a general surgeon. He said, can you not leave so many instruments inside the (laughs) chest cavity? Can you remember next time to take out the scissors before you sew them up? (laughs) I snorted. I apologize. Okay. It happens. Uh, It's happy hour. (laughs) No, but I mean, I just thought like... no, I didn't. It took me. What I always said, Chrissy, it took me too long to come out to to my mom. Like I actually was like crying. It was a mess, and she was like, "Oh, Steffi." Like she just was felt bad that I didn't tell her. How long? I mean, how old were you when you came out? Oh boy. Well, to her, I mean, I came out publicly much later, but I came out to her, I guess, when I finally had a significant, you know, somebody that I thought was going to be my significant other forever, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm tired of doing pronouns and you know where I am for the holidays and. You know, but she just, but it just reminds me of this. She was like, oh, Steffi, but you're so pretty. Aren't you attracted to men? I mean, what? Like you can't be pretty if you're a lesbian, right? Right. right. And so, like, but it reminds can't. me of this chapter with your mom that is so poignant. That's like, that my mom was, you know, graduated top of her class, but, you know, wanted to go to college. And her mom was like, oh, you're just going to get married anyway. No, you're just going to go work in my restaurant and you know and then she did and she met my dad and it's very similar to your mom's story which is um, incredibly touching well yeah I, I mean our moms sounds like your mom and my mom were fifth classic sort of 50s 60s mm-hmm. housewives mm-hmm. and they were treated as if they were less than they just were right you know no matter how brilliant your mom there wasn't might, an option for her that's right. like this is what you do mm-hmm. you marry somebody and you have kids and even if you're fourth in your class and you wanted to go to college you want to do this but your mom later i love became a painter and a pilot yes exactly she didn't fly a lot but she did get her her um she soloed and got her pilot's license my but, mom can't even fucking drive so her flying mm-hmm. is terrifying but okay yeah. that's fantastic <laughs> yeah she did she i think she was inspired by the second wave of feminism by her daughter i think um yeah. I, I hope I'd like to think that she was inspired by You inspired her. Touching, yeah. t- I mean, touching passage there where she said, I, honey, it's too late for me. I can't do it, but you do it for me. Yeah, she carried the banner for me. I was so judgmental of her, as daughters are we all with are. their mothers, because we want, don't want to be their, our moms. We want our, our potential to be more realized. We want to have more options, and we should. Right. 
Um, but I was really tough on her for a long time. So that's what the journey, the journey of her smile is my relationship to her smile and how yeah. it evolved. And finally, I learned um, that it was her life jacket. It was the way she got through and a lot of I love your stuff. story about <laughs> she had this gorgeous smile and dimples. And so you did this to make sure that you got the same dimples. And I'm like, well, it worked because it, <laughs> it worked because you have fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I got, I'm glad to get an applause for my dimples. <laughs> that are now dimples. They're not even dimples anymore. I remember my mom put like uh, masking tape on, oh, yeah. her for, on her forehead every night to uh, yes get rid of the frown line. Yes. And I did that with surgery, which we'll talk about because that's in your book too. <laughs> I did the forehead lift. I was like, Mom, I don't want to think the masking tape is going to... Okay. But I remember that masking tape. It didn't do anything. Did your mom do that? Yes. It, in like the shape of a little every, wing she, or something. It was like a wing. Yes. Yes. And she slapped it on every yeah. day. Yeah. Because right. she wouldn't frown. All right, because you talk about it that you still, there's a thing in your book, you still haven't had plastic surgery. <laughs> okay, I, can Jury's I just out. tell you, I've had everything done because it was free. I don't And I'm in radio, what the fuck? I, I, but I, I don't know, it was free because I had a sponsor and I didn't really realize that it was that extensive. And so I had a forehead lift and a mini facelift when I turned 40. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, But you didn't need it. You, why did you do well, it? Well, because it was free. Because it was free. <laughs> It's and like is there any woman in the world you know? You talk about your battle with perfection. Is there any woman that you go, is there anything about you don't like a little bit? Is there anything? Yeah. Is just, there any woman that goes, no, I am perfect. I'm happy with the way I'm aging in every single way. No, it doesn't exist. No, it was because it was seriously, it was free. And I didn't watch that fucking medical channel. Because if I had, I would have been like, oh, by the way, did they cut your entire head open and then sew it back together and put drains and stitches and staples oh, in God. your face? And they did all that. It was awful, and I almost died. Like I, I and so when you talk oh, about you, this in the book about like you know, the, you know you you haven't done it yet, but you think about it, yeah. you're like you know. But look at you, you're so fucking gorgeous. Oh. God damn it, Doctor Kate Austin. <laughs> Who was your surgeon? I won't go to him or her. Why does it look bad? No, no, because he almost killed you. No, 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 no. It was just I had too much done at once, and I had been sick right before then, and it was horrible. Oh, no, and no, I was you like, look amazing. why did I do that? You look amazing. I wouldn't oh. have guessed that you had. One Thank done. you. See? Really? <clears throat> Seriously? Because I, I saw you were saying that you can see people that have had it done. Yeah, I and honestly, you said you think it's almost everyone but you. I think that I'm the only one that's going to be carrying their face around in a wheelbarrow pretty soon, <laughs> like just lugging the. The sag. Seriously, Dr. Kate Austin, is this weird that you're still just as beautiful as your last heart surgery? Okay. All right. I, stop <laughs> me when it's weird. Okay. Listen. That was about 20 minutes ago, Steph. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to the part of the book. <laughs> let's. Do you have any porn music? Let's get to the part of the book. It's the sex part. Be, sex part. Right? <laughs> because you were like, don't swear too much. It's Christy Luddy and she has Oscars and Emmys. And I'm like, okay, listen to this part of her book. Then she read the book and she's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> This is the porn music. Yeah. Oh my God, but this is just like me. You were brought up Lutheran? Yes. I was brought up Catholic. Yeah. Similar, right? It's fantastic. Throughout the remainder of high school and well into my sophomore year in college, this is Steffi's book club. It's like Oprah's, but only fucking filthy. Whatever, Oprah. Steph reads the dirty parts. <laughs> There's so few dirty parts in this book. <laughs> it's, I found all of them. She found them. Like a magnet. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I like name no celebrities except one and step Most of it is like, whatever, my first Oscar, I mean, whatever. Okay, here's the part, you guys. Throughout the, the remainder of high school and well into my sophomore year in college, I remained true to our pact. Your, 
your virginity high, pack. Virginity pack with your high school best friend. Right. Uh, into my sophomore year in college, I remained true to our pack. Somehow, blowjobs and getting fingered and fondled were uh, permissible uh, with uh, just a like or almost love, but penis vagina penetration still had to be saved with a whole true love shebang okay can i just tell you my mom and my oldest sister were virgins when they got married i swear to fucking god both of and so that was the thing i didn't know you i claim was gay you're still a virgin. i thought i am i am okay don't make me do this again i've done it at a previous happy hour i did everything but i've never had Penis. Okay, Christine Lottie, I've never had penis penetration because I was Catholic. And my mom and my but it was really because you were gay and you didn't want it. Yes, my right. high school boyfriend turned out to be gay too, and we were like, "Oh, we oh. thought we were doing this because we were Catholic." Oh, it's <laughs> so, but that gave you a good excuse. Like, but we okay. did everything, everything you described in here. Right. I did everything, but because I thought, "Oh, I'm Catholic, and I'm going to wait till I get married," like my right. mom and my exactly right, right. Okay, so okay, hang on. Uh, then at 19, I started feeling like the oldest living virgin at the University of Michigan. Contrary to all my brainwashing, I set out to have a, my first full sexual encounter with a complete stranger. Stephanie. Slut! Look at her! Slut! First, I uh, inquired... Well, you met this nice-looking guy, whatever. I inquired about his family and his major, but I didn't really listen to the answers. I lit a cigarette, <laughs> then I took a deep inhale... So, I know this is going to sound weird and more than a little abrupt, but I'm very attracted to you. I'm really sick of being a virgin. So, is there any way you might want to go back to your apartment and fuck? I took another puff, trying to look cooler and more casual than I felt. Uh, really? Uh, okay, sure, said the man, whose name I don't remember, laughing. (laughs) This is the most fantastic story. Once in his tiny studio apartment, we smoked a joint. It suddenly got crickets quiet, except for the Moody Blues (laughs) 8-track. Nights in white satin. <laughs> oh my god, yes! Wait a minute. Oh, Can you play that? It? Oh my god. Let's, don't give her a flashback. You can make it happen. I, I asked, would you mind if we take off our clothes and do the mirror exercise first? I recently learned that in my acting class. Oh my god. Oh Christy my Lottie, god. you did not make... I, I am a USC theater major. What's <laughs> your... Warm up for a plate, and you used to be a fucking mime in Central Park. Oh yeah, I love this book so much. <laughs> yes, I was a very well respected mime. No, you weren't. You made three dollars and thirty five cents, <laughs> and you got fired after the first day. I read the fucking book, Christine Lottie. <laughs> Should her homework. I thought I was a good mime. I really okay. wasn't. And there okay. wasn't any market for okay. it. Everybody what? who respects Christine Lottie like we do as an Emmy and Oscar, <laughs> Golden Globe winning actress and director. This was her stoned mirroring two knights in white satin with a stranger she never met for her first sexual yeah, stone experience hi is kites in white satin. oh wait she's doing it never oh god I hope you have the video cast <laughs> this is fucking Let shit man I mean this is just Stephanie save something for people who hi- want to buy the book hi yeah. is kites we could barely look at each other <laughs> It was over in a minute and a half. Oh, well, that night really stained the white satin. Yeah, in really record time. He came, I didn't. <laughs> he gently stroked my cheek. I cried, not because of any newly found intimacy. I just felt relieved not to be a virgin anymore. The whole affair proved hugely disappointing. Just like the time when at eight years old, I devoured what looked like a large piece of homemade fudge off of our kitchen counter. It turned out to be a huge piece of canned dog food. Very disappointing. That, that does not taste the same. 
I had to get to my comparative religion class. I, I didn't know what to say. Thanks for the dick. <laughs> I grew angry. <laughs> grew angry as I walked to class. Newly a feminist, I thought about how much I'd been duped. Boys I knew had, had uh, lots of sex were considered studs. Girls who uh, who'd got a lot of sex were considered whores. I oh no! Please don't don't take out the nice noise. The eight track. You didn't even get fucked at the album of Nights in White Satin, Christy Lottie? Yeah, I, I mean, know. But I was 19, and I think I was the last remaining virgin on campus. I was, it was really old, and I just was waiting to be in love, and I couldn't Me too. know what that was. I, I kept thinking, I'm going to wait till I'm in love, and then my college boyfriend was on the USC football team, and he had, what's that thing, his dick, um, uh, it, it, Peroni's disease? Yeah, there's a commercial for it Right, now. It went to the, the, the left, the, which I think is was a divining rod for my political uh, leanings. Yes. But it, yeah, he it so I, to the left. I sucked dick to the left, which I think is what happened, but... Okay. a girl. a girl. <laughs> I sucked dick for a But then, yeah, so then right out of college was the first time with a woman. And I thought, and then I, the funny thing is women broke my heart. And then I went back dating men for a while. But then I thought, well, now I'm just going to fuck anyone because, you know, I'm supposed to. I want to be in love. And then it was a long journey to go, oh, I'm in love with Dr. Kate Austin. And so this full brings, circle. This Bring it back. Full circle. What? What? Is this weird? Yes. How many times do we have to tell you this stuff? What? So anyway, you you obviously went on to different adventures, but I mean that is so hilarious and so raw and so honest, just like you're acting, right? I mean it's it's you know you talk about like the whole Me Too movement in the book, like that you experienced it a thousand years ago when you were like your first casting, where you're like, oh, you have a commercials, and he's like, well, you know, you're gonna have to fuck me. <laughs> Everyone does it, right? Well, actually, it was two national commercials. He was the pimp. He said, you're gonna have to, you can have the commercials, but you have to fuck the two directors. Right. And I, I looked like I'm looking right now, like, <laughs> what? Huh? And he said, oh, no, you don't understand. This is, how, this is the only way you're going to make it. This is a reality of show business. Everyone does it. Everyone it does it is how it goes. Just accept it and just do it if you want to make it as an actress. If you don't, you're not serious about acting then you know say no well i burst out crying i said no i walked out and walked 75 blocks to my apartment in the west village sobbing the whole way and that was the day that was the walk that my feminism went from my brain into my bones and stayed there for life it was a i mean not that i haven't fallen, fallen yeah. off the feminist wagon a million times but that was a really big woke moment yeah um so yeah, this must seem weird that this seems new now, the Me Too movement. You're like, really? Well, I'm <laughs> Me thrilled. Too 20 years ago. Yeah, right? no, but I mean, it's been going on forever. We didn't even have a word for it until Anita right. Hill, right? There wasn't even a word. Yeah. It was just mm-hmm. the way things were. And then suddenly it was, oh, sexual harassment. That's not okay. Right. And, and then the thing stagnated for a while. Uh, but now I think it's so thrilling that women are speaking up and being believed. It's unbelievably thrilling. Um, okay. My other favorite part of your book is uh, the chapter Shit Happens. <laughs> because I asked you at the Rob Reiner book event, because you write about how funny it was that uh, I asked you if you have nightmares, is uh, 
what's his name? Jack Nicholson and them going, Christine Lottie's in the potty. Because when you won your Golden Globe, you were in the bathroom. And so this, but you, I loved how funny you were about it. Because I remember that the next year you came with toilet paper on your shoe. Yes. I went to David (laughs) Kelly and I said, David Kelly, who created Kate Austin and Chicago Hope. And I said, uh, David, I, I, I don't know how to follow that up. I don't know how to follow up being in the bathroom when I won my Golden Globe. And I'm presenting this year. What do you think? He said, well, if I were you... I would have toilet paper stuck to my shoe. So, <laughs> excuse me. So that's what I did. I completely ripped off David Kelly's idea, who's a genius. Are your nightmares just Jack Nicholson going, Christine Lottie's in the potty, and then like <laughs> The Shining? It's just like, Christine, I'm home. Is it like kind of a... Well, it, they they yeah. will be that now. I yeah. never had that okay. idea. But, right. now, but so. you made the Golden You're Globes welcome. a thing. <clears throat> you think? It, it was like, I think that was the year that like the next year they were like, gotta see what happens. You never know what's going to happen in the Golden Globes. It's true. You were like the thing that made it like cool. All or, of a sudden. Or fun. Or at least you have to take it with a sense of humor yes. and not take it so seriously. That because was it's my the Golden Globes. It's the Golden Globes, yeah. And anything goes. But for me, because trophies and prizes were always way too important, you know, that perfectionism yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then I could never take them that seriously again. So yeah. I was, it, it was a, a good yeah. reckoning for me. Yeah. Well, I, this book is such a. I, Tribute to, you know, all women that we all have that thing about perfection and, you know, the role models we grew up with. And I love, (laughs) can I say I love your story in there? (laughs) Because I'm not sure you know, Christine, but I, uh, I have a degree from USC theater. As an actress. I, yes. Yes. Dr. Kate, I have done the uh, Edinburgh Theater Festival. Uh, I played uh, Holly in Uncommon Women and Others by uh, Wendy Wasserstein. Mm. You, of course, did the Heidi Chronicles on Broadway. Yes, I love Uncommon Women, though. I love all of Wendy's plays. Oh, my God. She was a genius. I was such an early fan of hers. God of Carnage on Broadway. Okay, I let's not geek out. But I love... <laughs> because I remember in Edinburgh... It's, this is another, you know, how we're exactly the same person, except yes. I don't have the awards or the happy marriage children or whatever. I don't, and I, I work in my basement. But my point is, um, I, so I remember in that play in Edinburgh, I, because we, in Edinburgh, you had to do like 16 plays at the time that I ran, I ran Spotlight on West Side Story because I couldn't dance. And so you had no sleep and you were sort of, so I remember like blanking out in the middle of Uncommon Women and Others as Holly. And I had a long monologue on the phone and I totally forgot all the words. So I just became, I don't know, Rudy Giuliani just making shit up. Just Did you improvise the monologue? Uh, yes, but it yeah. was horrible. But anyway, you have this fantastic story about when you played uh, in, uh, what the hell, Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, uh, Cat on the Hot yes, yes, when you played Cat on the Hot Turn and you, uh, so Brick lost his crutch. Right. And you... <laughs> I found it. I was lying. And he you, threw it. The and he, crutch was like, yeah. it was a critical prop for the scene. Yes. And you lost the crutch. Well, he threw it, and I'm okay. supposed to go retrieve it and bring it back to him. Right. And this particular night, he throws it. I duck for the stage directions. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. Mm-hmm. I can't find it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm thinking, I, I, I'm panicking. I don't know what to do. And, I, and it's Tennessee Williams, and it's the, it's the climax of, this, of the first right. act. You can't improvise. You cannot improvise. It's like Shakespeare. Yeah. So then I see it. I look out in the audience and I see it leaning against the, a woman in the front row. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my God, he has terrible aim. I have to go get it. So it's, I just step off the stage, which is only like a, a, you know, a, a one steep step. In Maggie off, character. In Maggie character. Right. Yeah. And I sashay up to the crutch and I grab it and the woman 
uh, who's got the crutch leaning on her, grabs it back. <laughs> and I grab it, and she oh, no. pulls it back. And I'm thinking, just give me my fucking prop, bitch. I need to go continue this goddamn play. And again, it's supposed to be a really serious play, and everybody's laughing. Right. And I look down, that and sucks. I see that the woman has a cast on her leg and that it's her, <laughs> her crutch. crutch. Okay. I realized where it was going about That's a minute awkward. before. That's yeah, awkward. You were ahead of me. <laughs> I was like, I realized where this So you, were, you, you mocked disabled people before Donald Trump did. I definitely yeah. did. Okay. But then I All stayed right. in character and I said, ah, I didn't need that anyway. And then the audience is roaring laughing and it's a tragedy. And you're like, oh shit. Oh, oh shit. Right. I walk oh, okay. back on stage and then um, the curtain comes down. The audience is still laughing. And my co-star, who's been looking away the whole time and not looking at me, is Brick. He's, like, not supposed to be interested in Maggie at all. So he's just been, you know, stewing, looking away. And then the curtain comes down. And he goes, Jesus, what did I say? The audience is going crazy. What did I say that was so funny? Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's fantastic. Um, okay. <laughs> I do not have as good a Wendy Wasserstein story, but I remember when I did Uncommon Win Others at USC, all of my drunk camp counselor, because I was a summer camp counselor at a camp for overprivileged kids in the summer at USC, <laughs> and so they all came to see me play Holly in Uncommon Win Others, and there's a scene where Holly is uh, uh, has a diaphragm. Do you know the scene? Uh, no. Oh, I don't remember okay. it. Okay. She has a diaphragm. In, in a scene and they all started they were all drunk and they started chanting in the audience put it in yeah. put it in and they all got like kicked out of the because they didn't really understand the fourth wall and the I was like part of the play. they're not watching television mm. they forgot no. yeah okay yeah oh that's funny so did it's not you... as good as your crutch scene but still good <laughs> so what did you do did you put it in I did not, Christine. Yeah. I did not okay. because I think, as we discussed earlier, I was a Catholic virgin. That did not and a professional. It wasn't, wasn't going to okay. make it in there. No. Let's talk about Christine Lonnie's chapter. What I wish I'd known about love scenes. <laughs> I know why this one's special to you because this is what you do for real, for no reason. Oh, that looking into the eyes. Well, oh, to my dog. Yes. yes. Okay. <clears throat> hang on. Hang on. This is her love life. Well, period. Shush. While working, I've let guys know they could grow up my breasts and butt, but I've not been allowed to touch an actor's dick. That is some bullshit, man. Okay, just let me just point out something. Okay. I said dick maybe three times in this book, know, and you've talked about every single time. I didn't even get the time to read the whole and book. you're a lesbian. Donald Trump is fucking... Exactly. Right? right? I found every dick reference you found in this the goddamn di- book. Three oh dick God. references. I'm like, a, and I didn't have time to read the whole book. It's fantastic. But you know Donald Trump is fucking president, right? So I didn't have time I because... Understand. Okay, Rudy Jill. Gill- okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> There's been a lot going on today. I know. It's okay. a big day. Listen to me. <laughs> I had time. To is this your happy place? Is this what saves you Yes! Mm. Because that's some sexist bullshit that she, she didn't touch dick. Didn't My sex that. scenes have always been pretty tame, mostly just the foreplay or aftermath with fake heavy breathing. You've never posed nude in your no. whole career. No, I didn't believe in it. I mean, back in the day, in, as a second wave feminist, that was the last thing any of us were going to do because we were trying to be taken seriously as women, as people, and get respect and not be sexual objects. So that was our strategy, was to dress to deny in a way our sexuality a little bit yeah, not in re- not in private life but you our- can't hide your hotness Dr. Well, Kate. <laughs> thank you but no that was really important i get it not to do that and yeah, i get um, it i get yeah. it i get it it's no, changed now I think. but now porn star has taken down donald trump <laughs> yahoo she's what's my hero. happening I love what? Her. what what i what? love her 
And she's okay. my new she's hero, my spirit animal. Right? Yeah. Stormy. She's my spirit animal. Do you understand that your children have to learn this in history? Stormy Daniel's real name was Stephanie Glimper. They, they're out of school. They don't have to learn this oh, in school. Fuck. Okay. Especially if I felt nervous, which was uh, true for a love scene, which was true 99.9% of the time, unless I'd had a glass of Chardonnay, which was true 99.9% of the time. Stephanie, she's what? drinking Chardonnay right now. Do not what? make this weird. Do not make what? this weird. Let's do this, Dr. K. It's really okay. good Chardonnay. All right. Okay. Um, you just you described a particularly enthusiastic uh, kisser in one of your mm. scenes. Once I tried pursing my lips so tightly they looked like uh, the anus of a chihuahua. Yeah. But without fail, Nor- Norman burrowed through. Yeah. Uh, he should have been put into an actor's prison for statutory mouth rape. Yeah. By a tongue. But see, it was my fault because I didn't say I didn't speak up, even as I I thought right. I was a feminist. Right. I didn't still didn't have that voice, mm-hmm. and I didn't say, "Hey, dude." Put the tongue back in your own mouth. Right. Or I'm going to cut it off. Right. Uh, That's so, what you said you would do now. You said, I would. Um, you said, um, right, if anything like that ever happened now, I would have no problem saying kindly keep your tongue to yourself. If you don't, I'm going to uh, bite it off and spit the slimy fucker down your throat. Yeah. Fair. Wow. That's a real place. Yeah, a real- <laughs> <laughs> that was channeling her doctor in her doctor. Okay, I just watched a scene today from Chicago Hope where... You told uh, another uh, doctor that he had cancer <laughs> as a joke oh. and then said you were just kidding. Oh, my God. That was you're such a bitch. It was so hot. Um, <laughs> that was a funny scene. Right? Funny. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> he had it coming, Travis. You have to watch the scene. It was Chris Sarandon, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. And he had he had it coming. He, he did something yeah, mean about his to white me. blood cell count. Yeah, he was mean to me, right? He was. Yes, we dated, and then he was a he ghosted. But me you were something. crying. You were like, "I'm your white blood cell count." Yeah. And he was crying, and you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> just kidding." Fantastic. You don't have cancer. Fantastic. Yeah. Um. So anyway, but you talk about let's talk about love scenes for a minute. I don't know why I focused on this in the book. Uh, but you said what? The words pro- "dick" is in there probably somewhere. Yeah. No, there's no dick in this part. No. This, I'm almost I'm done. done. We're done with the dicks. We've only we're done, done with dicks. Oh, okay. Yeah. We've got all three of them. Uh, I was yeah. done with dick a while ago. Yeah. What other, what other profession pays you to cheat on your husband all in a day's work? I worked with some well-mannered, hot men on Chicago Hope. Got to make out with several. Peter Berg, Mark Harmon, hmm, Adam Arkin. I got off uh, work uh, after a day that entailed love scenes with them, and I felt ready to pounce in the sack with my husband. Wow. They were the fluffers. Right. They were fluffers for me. Yes. Bradley Cooper was... Tommy Schlamme must have been like, wow. Yeah. I'm a little jealous of that one. Bradley Cooper Mm -hmm. or Tommy Schlamme? Bradley. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Yeah, Yeah, I saw the chemistry in Al Pacino. So you had a... How long did that go on after... uh, Three years on and off. Mm. On and off. Mm. Three years, yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. But then you said, then I worked with one of the greatest fluffers of all, Bradley Cooper and Jack and Bobby. Before he was Bradley Cooper, awful. After lying on a uh, di- oh, pardon me, after lying on a bedroom, uh, or, oh dining room table, pardon me, in a slip, nearly naked with Bradley all afternoon, I came home primed and pumped for hot sex with my husband, who was the happy beneficiary. During the filming of Swing Shift, my no nudity rule made a sex scene with Kurt Russell especially challenging. So there was a director's cut where we get to see her titties. Where can I get that? <laughs> Stephanie, it's, it's illegal. What? It's illegal, and it's very hard. Of course, hard to it find, is. But um, but they look yeah. perky. You say they look pretty good. Oh, they look fantastic. I bet. Um, okay, and then you did a couple scenes directed by your husband in Crazy from the Heart. I love this. You said normally a director who does multiple does multiple takes. Tommy seemed abruptly satisfied during the very first take and said, "All right, that's good. We got that. Let's move on." <laughs> it was so awkward. It was really awkward. Anyway, but then we say yeah. when you do a love scene with someone you can't stand, you 
and you have to look in their eyes, you think of your golden retriever, Nellie. Yes, I do. It works. It's a tip for any actor out there, actress or actor. Uh, if you don't like your co-star, gaze into their eyes and imagine your favorite pet or favorite sports team. It works. It works. I'm sure guys have looked into my eyes and imagined, you know, the Clippers or no, <laughs> the no, Lakers. No, only no. you. Only you. Okay. Whatever. I, um, I would think right. about Bradley Cooper. Can you, yeah. do some, <laughs> can you do some bad mime for us? Because you were really bad mime. You were yeah. a mime in Central Park. Yeah. Could you get out of the box? Oh, oh, where? Oh, the rope is. Oh, the rope. The yeah. You're, the okay. All right. You're bad at that. Oh, okay. The box. Right. The glass I, box. Okay. I, okay. The box under- is closing in. I understand why you got fired. I was so horrible. Thank God. Thank God for the the acting and directing role that Christine Lottie is really bad at. Speaking roles are her forte. Yes. Yeah. My mind was not. uh, No. But it it was better than the escort service I did. Oh, yeah. I didn't. You know, I was. Even I'm not rude enough to bring that up. So you were a professional whore. Tell us about that. Yeah. So my girlfriend, who was a sort of free love hippie at the time, said, I have an idea how to make money because I only made $3 in the park as a mime. And I was tired of waitressing. She said, just $3.35. Thank you, yes. And I had to, But I had to split that with my friend who played the clarinet while I oh. did the mime. So oh. a dollar, whatever, quick, 20-something. Okay. I, I stand correct. Okay. Anyway, so she said, here, I have an idea. You could do this professional dating service. Oh, Patty, come on. That sounds a little... No, 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 no. It's, it's all legit. It's these foreign diplomats. They come into town. They're lonely. They want to take you out to a, a wonderful dinner, and it's these interesting international men and da, 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 da. So I said, okay. Plus you get $20. Not only a great meal with an interesting foreign diplomat, but you get $20. 20 whole dollars. Which was wow. a lot back in 1970, whatever it was. That'd five. Be fair. That's fair. Okay. So I went and I went to the hotel and it was really fancy and I called him up. I said, your date is here. I'm Christine Lottie. He said, no, come on up. I said, no, 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 come on down. He said, no, I can't because I'm expecting a long-distance phone call. Really important. And, of course, no cell phones in those days. So I went, okay. I went up to his room. Like, fine, Harvey. No. What? Harvey Wine, that was a one Yeah, joke. exactly. Okay, fine. Yeah, fine, okay. Harvey. Sorry. I'll come All up. Right. Uh, too soon. Sorry. Too soon. Sorry. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> so I go up to his room, and, of course, hours go by. That The fucking phone call never happens. He's still waiting for this supposed phone call. So I said, look, I really am hungry. We're doing room service because I, I don't care. I need my meal my steak or whatever so we ordered room service he sat next to me I could smell for the first time this really awful male cologne and he said what's a nice girl like you doing in a job like this and I I was literally I I was completely naive I thought what he thinks I'm a no 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 my friend said that this oh shit so oh, I, shit. I, I, I got out of there really fast, and, and it was bad. <laughs> he tried to give me the $20, and I threw it back at him. And it was just one of those horribly embarrassing and moments of how could I be so freaking naive? And I really wanted to believe that he found me so interesting and fascinating right. and not just a horror, but he, you know. What? So, I, I, you know... He's kicking I, himself now. Yeah. Exactly. I relate to so much in the book, though. Just, you know, you grew up in Michigan, this, you know, obviously upper middle class family. I, I love that you talked about with Rob Reiner, actually, at the event that we went to. Um, where I was like, God damn it, Rob. Why do you have to be such a great interviewer, too? Really? Yeah. You're better at this than everybody. He was but, so generous that yeah. night. But, um, so you've obviously been married to West Wing director Tommy Schlamme since 1983, and you talked about your surgeon father never felt entirely comfortable around your Jewish husband. Yes. 
<laughs> Which Rob made very funny. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you talk about like stuff that, I mean, we belong to country clubs. Right. When my mom and dad and I, you know, I, and, and Jews and blacks were allowed. And That's I right. didn't know that. We didn't know. Up. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know that. I didn't see any Jews or blacks. Right. It was all white. It was, right. It was My friend, disgusting. I remember my friend, uh, my best friend from stand up, Paul, was when we took him to dinner at the Buffalo Country Club and he was like, bruh, bruh. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, that's the Jew alert that's going on. And I was like, what? what you were mean? your parents anti-Semitic? Well, no, they never said anything about it. They I went to Catholic just... school for 16 years. I remember yeah. my best friend in college, my freshman year was uh, Todd Stein. And when he said he was Jewish, I was like, oh, really? What is that? Yeah. I said, is that like a, what is that? A thing. It's like a thing. Is that a, is that a religion or what is it? And he yeah. was like, are you serious? <laughs> I'm the same way. We had one street of Jews. Jews could right. only buy property on this one particular street in Birmingham, Michigan. Right. And at Christmas time, we would go and see all the beautiful Christmas decorations, and my dad would drive up this dark, desolate street. It's in the book. He'd say, this is where the Jews live. <laughs> and I said, well, why, why are the houses so dark? Why are they so sad? Why are they all so sad? And he said, they don't believe in Christmas. They don't believe in God. No, they don't believe. They believe in God. They don't believe in Christmas. And I, it was as if he was saying they don't believe in food. They just don't believe in it. And I, I just thought that they were crazy. What these poor children running around in these dark houses like, bah humbug! Just these Scrooge <laughs> children horrible. deprived of Santa and the presents and. Those well, are, you know, they were those are Christ spinning killers. dreidels and those eating are, chocolates. Yeah, they they were doing just those are Christ, <laughs> those are Christ killers, honey. Yeah, no, um, they didn't go that far. No. But it wasn't uh, like being on a safari and looking out and seeing all these houses. I love the stories about like your own kids, too. You talk about how they uh, say your voice is disgusting. Yeah. You are forbidden from singing and dancing. <laughs> and you say, you write, until the little control, control freaks go off to college, I'll be in a song and dance straight jacket. Yeah. So, so you you've gotten some comeuppance, Missy. Oh, yeah. My kids. Okay, so I didn't know that. When you become a mom, you don't get to sing or dance anymore. You just don't. Jeez, mom. Oh, you're disgusting. That Your voice is disgusting. My mom used to play the piano and sing Mona Lisa to my schnauzer, Katie, and it was horrifying. I was like, oh, Jesus, Was she good mom. at all? What? Was she good? No. no. That's why the dog howled. It was like, Mona Lisa, Mona. I'm like, of course the dog's like, ow. Who's singing duets? Fuck! The dog's saying, <laughs> fuck, stop. Oh, it's so sad, though. You really don't get to do any of that fun stuff when you have kids. But the other things you get to do. Right. So, yeah. Right. But they're older now, so you can be friends with them again. Can I just yeah. say, uh, <laughs> you had a great picture with, uh, you tweeted with my sister, Allison Janney, Women's March. Um, <laughs> uh, because she also says she hasn't had a Me Too moment, because I know you said, I never had a no, zip up your zipper Maybe I was a tall or scary or something. Yeah. And I know Allison has said that too. She goes, well, I was like a thousand before I made it and I was seven feet tall. <laughs> I think that might have had something to do with why we, neither of us actually got assaulted. But She, she said a casting agent told her, you're never going to work. You're only going to play aliens or lesbians. Jesus Christ. Oscar award winner. Yes, hello. Right? Yeah, but hello. see, those moments are the moments. I haven't talked to Allison about this, but and she's a friend, but I know that... that for her as well as me, a lot of women, when men tr do those things like try to squish you, right. it just makes you stronger. It makes you more determined to just prove them all wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I have overcome my awkwardness to uh, interview Dr. Kate Austin, who has had my heart since she was a heart surgeon on <laughs> Chicago Hope. Uh, the book is True Stories from an Unreliable Witness, a Feminist Coming of Age. Um, 
You are a feminist force of nature, and I, 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 God, this has just been so stressful. And and also, do you know who's fucking president? Donald fucking Trump is president. And I have to interview Dr. Kate Austin. This is some sh- bullshit today, it's Christine big, Lottie. It's a big day. It's a, I know. This is coming out. This will be released tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like... Anything we could talk about that happened yeah. today, it's Who not going to be relevant anymore. What's going to ha- gonna happen tomorrow by the time this comes out? Yeah, he's right? going to be impeached. It's fucking bullshit. Don't you I'll think? take it. I think he's going to resign. Oh, my God. He has oh to. They're spinning so fast. They're running so fast in place right now. There's so many alternative reasons for that and that and that and that, and they're just they're desperate, and I feel like he's gonna, he's got to resign. I Me too. Yeah. Oh, God. I hope. Well, because we can't impeach right now because we got... No, you're right. We, we can't. That's why we got grabbed by the balls for the midterm. That's right. I said balls. I'm sorry. Should I call, stop calling her Dr. Kate Austin? I'll just start calling okay. Grace McAllister. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you from everything you've ever done, including all your amazing activism and Twitter. Uh, follow her on Twitter. Buy the book. It is incredible. True stories from an unreliable witness. We're all unreliable witnesses, right, to our own memories. Unreliable eyewitness. Eyewitness. That's yes. right. Just wanted to correct that. But oh, yes, to our, own, to our own memories, because yeah. memory is by nature faulty and sub- very subjective and these are my emotional memories so I, I recounted one of the stories I'll tell you real quick yeah. to my brother and Please. sister um, about when my dad kicked my mom out of the car when she was smoking when she a was cigarette. smoking oh I read that and it was traumatic for me because I thought I was eight and I thought I would never see my mom again and I recounted this to my sister and brother who were in the car with me and they had no memory of it and you also talked about like her saying oh dad took my credit cards away I yes. misbehaved yes just that whole era and just what a you know and you talk about your brother and sister and mental illness and suicide and it's just it's an amazingly um emotional raw impactful book and it, it, get it get it get it get it thank you um and this has been uh really uh caused me a lot of gastrointestinal distress stephanie what what is that real i love her like- so she much. Has, she, she has a fart machine over there too. I don't. It's Besides not me. that, it's not me. Yeah, I her just, phone triggers it sometimes. It's really yeah. weird. No, sometimes it's just. It, no, it's fine. It's fine. I know I'm not going to marry Dr. Kate Austin. But we're very Maybe. glad we had. Right, Christine Lottie Lottie. here with her new book. Go get it. Love you, Christine. Love you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.